Let's do the Gemara and Daf Chaf Gimel. Okay. Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. Yosef says the name of Yehuda. That's the name of Shmuel. Halacha Kirab Yehuda ben Bava. Halacha follows the opinion of Rav Yehuda ben Bava. Rav Yehuda ben Bava say again. In the previous Mishnah, he was more stringent in terms of what was considered a carpet, right? So what was the case? And uh, not the carpet case. I'm sorry. Rav ben Bava said that in terms of Hasibureis, right? To use a past permit to carry from the water out of the well is only permissible to do this when you are opening, when you are enclosing an area that has a spring water, right? In other words, it is a well that is fed by springs and it is a well that belongs to the rap and that belongs to the public domain. But if you're doing it for any other type of situation, Rabbi of the opinion that the only wall that would work would be a wall that is made out of um, the ropes type of wall. Okay. So, Rabbi Yudha, first of all, they said in the name of Shmuel that halacha is like the opinion of Rabbi Yudha Bava, this Tana. He said another statement, and he also said that you only permit a pasi bireyes for a, uh, um, a spring water-fed well. So, the obvious question is, one second, <laughs> that's basically what Rabbi Yudha said, what are you coming to add, right? Why are you saying the statement in two different ways, right? And they're not in the business of, of being redundant. We needed both both of these statements. If we only would have said that Allah follows the opinion of Rabbi Yudam and Baba, I might have thought to say, I might have thought to say, Rabbi Yudam and Baba's opinion is true that it is permitted to rely on the Pasi, Pasi uh, you know, the Pasin type of walls, even when it just belongs to the, the majority, when it belongs to a, um, a Rabbin, belongs to the public domain, even if it is not the type of well that is fed by spring water, but rather is a type of well that is a collected, you know, rainwater type of well. Umarat says, what, what are you talking about? That's not what he says. Rizim Baba says explicitly, it was only permitted to do this type of, you know, weak type of walls in this lenient situation where the rabbis are lenient in the case of a public domain, spring-fed well. So what are you talking about? Umarat explains, that which the Mishnah chose to use the word, a spring-fed well of the, of the rabbi, of public it's coming to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, right? I might have thought to say that perhaps that's what Rabbi Yudha ben Bava was saying. And Rabbi Yudha ben Bava was saying that you only can do this if it is a um, public domain. He did not mean to say public domain and pasipareas. He meant public domain and anything at all. Rabbi Akiva said as long as it is a pasi, as long as it is a, a, a well, spring fed well, it works, even if it's not public. Rabbi Yudha ben Bava really did not mean to say the fact about the spring fed well. He wasn't being so precise. Really what he meant is public. So that's what Rabbi Yudha said in the name of Shmuel. Allah is like Rabbi Yudha ben Bava, And that it's only true when it is spring fed. They come to teach you that you need both of these things. Right? Only permitted to use Pasi Bireyes for a, um, a, mayim chayim, a spring water fed well. If we only would have said the second statement, that it is permitted to, to use, um, if we would have said the second statement that it is only permitted to, to build this around a spring-fed well, Havamina, I might have thought to say, I would have said there's no difference, no difference to be drawn between a, a spring-fed well that belongs to the Rabbim, to the, to the uh, you know, to open to everyone, and a spring-fed well that belongs only to individuals. That's what we have to say, the other statement as well. I don't remember if it's Taisvis, but someone, one of the Rishayim asks the obvious question, which is that this is an Amira speaking. Why can't Amira just say in, in one 
statement. In other words, you don't need to tell me halachas like Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba if you're going to have to then clarify what you what, what Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba's position is. All you really need to do is just say this is the halacha. It is only permissible to have a pasin to permit carrying in an enclosure around a publicly owned spring-fed well. That's all you need to say. You don't need to say these two separate statements, right? Somebody asks, I don't remember the answer offhand. Okay, new Mishnah. And Rabbi Yudah ben Bava said further, You have a gina. A gina is a garden, right? But not a... Not a um, not a, uh, we'll see what type of garden it is. And a carpet, the carpet we said is a storage area that is less than, I'm sorry, that is exactly 70 amos, right? And a little bit more by 70 amos and a little bit more. It has a wall around it that is 10 tachem tall. You're allowed to carry within that area. As long as it has in it a shemera, either a place where people will be watching, right? In other words, the, the type of like a little a blind that people use overnight, or a base theory, or an actual house. If it doesn't have one of those two things in this area, that area becomes invalid for becoming an area to carry in. Or if it's right near a, a city. So even though it is a vegetable garden, right, but it's right near a city, and then people actually spend time within that area. So as we've discussed in the past, the issue over here is that if you have an area that is used for, for vegetables, or you have an area that is used for storage and is not used for any living purposes, right, and it's a large area, even if it is enclosed, it is still not permissible to carry in on a rabbinic level, it is too similar to a public domain. Obviously, on a Torah level, it is for sure permitted to carry in that area, but on a rabbinic level, it would be forbidden. Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda says, even if you do not have in it, the only thing that you have inside this area is either a, a bar, a well, a siach is a ditch, umara, and a cave. Still, you're allowed to carry within that area as long as you're surrounded by a wall. Rabbi Kiva says, even if it has nothing, not, none, of these, none of these types of uh, living functions within it, you're still allowed to carry within it. As long as it is not larger than 70 and a, a little bit, and by 70 and a little bit, right? So for a total of around 4,900, a little more than that, right? 4,900 square amps in area. additional stringency. He says that if the length of this field is greater than its width by even one amma, you're not allowed to carry within it. In other words, Rabbi Lezer says that the only type of carrying in this type of area that is not made for real dwelling purposes, right? And you put a wall up, but not for real dwelling purposes, it is only permitted to carry within it if it is a perfectly square area. If it's not perfectly square, the rabbis do not permit you to carry in it. Presumably because it looks too much like a public thoroughfare. Rabbi Yassi says, even if the length is twice as much as its width, it's still not a problem. Without the mistake, you still have to carry within it. I'm Rabbi Lai. Rabbi Lai says, "Shemati mi Rabbi Lazar, afilo he mi kibase kor v'chein shemati mi manu." I heard from Rabbi Lazar that even if it is as big as a base kor, which is which is quite a bit larger than than five thousand square amos, v'chein shemati mi manu. I also heard from him, "Anche chater sheshachach echem mihen v'lo iiri v'esek." You have one member of a courtyard, right? So you have different members of a courtyard. How are they permitted, right? You have different houses opening up into a courtyard. How are they permitted to carry from their houses to the courtyard? Right? So we said they have to make an A-room, right? They have to come together and have a joint food item that is put into one of their houses and that 
sort of makes the entire area all one, one happy family, like a real commune type of area. And therefore, it's not considered to be a situation where there are individuals using one large area that they that is a public property. Rather, it is all considered to be one individual property. Okay, so let's say one person did not join in with this area before Shabbos. Right. So now, what happens is it's going to be complicated exactly what he did. But either way, Allah is if he did not join in with the area before Shabbos, he is not allowed to carry into that courtyard. Right, but they are allowed to carry into the courtyard, from their house into the courtyard. I also heard from Pasach You can be yaitza, your chiv of eating marar with the kavlin, some sort of a you know, leafy thing or other that was uh, similar to marar. And I went looking to all his tamidim, and I asked him, do you guys remember hearing this statement from Eliezer when he gave a drasha? Do you remember that he said, this is the halacha? I didn't find anyone who agreed with this idea, right? So if you're coming to say something from your Rebbe that you remember him saying, but nobody else is, is remembering it like that, then that's not going to, you're not going to follow that. Why does this Mishnah tell us, right? Why sometimes do we use this language of In other words, the Mbaba seems to be saying two separate halachas. So why are we saying if it was about the same topic, that makes sense. But this is just two different statements from Rabbi Yudim and Baba. One related to the Pasi Bereyes, one related to the Karpe, right? So why are we saying Ba'id in the next question? Right? Is it because he first taught the, the, the first thing, he was more stringent, and then again, he taught the other thing, right? That um, also, also he's being stringent. So that we were saying Ba'id, that he was stringent by two different questions about Erev. Maybe that's why it says Ba'id. Right, so Rabbi Huda also teaches us two different chumras in two different Mishnayas. What's Rabbi Huda's statement? In the first statement of our of our parak, he says that the the idea of having the weak weak type of walls around the machana, he says that there's only a small area that can be enclosed that would be permitted to be carried in an encampment with a weak type of you know either horizontal or solely vertical walls. So what type of area is that? There's only only if it's less than, than excuse me, two besa, right? That's one statement that he said. And then the next Mishnah, he said that if you have the public thoroughfare from last night, we learned, right? You have the public thoroughfare going directly in between those two brackets that are surrounding the well, the public thoroughfare going through that wall belies that it's not really a wall. It can't be a wall if the public thoroughfare is going directly through it. So we have two different stringencies of Rabbi Yehuda in adjoining Mishnayot. But like there we do not say the Oyed, so while I have here, do we say the Oid about Rabbi Huda ben Baba's two different restriction, you know, um, restrictive policies? When our answer is Hassam, Afsakua Rabbana. When it came to the, the two different Sakim, two different halachic rulings of Rabbi Huda, in those two Mishnayas, the Chachamim said their opinion after, excuse me, after Rabbi Huda's first opinion. So you don't have Rabbi Huda saying stringency, and then immediately afterwards in the next Mishnah, Rabbi Huda's opinion saying stringency. So it doesn't work to say and also, he said. It only works to say, and also he said, if it's flowing from the previous Mishnah without anything interrupted. But over here, Rabbi Yudam and Baba, he's the end of the previous Mishnah and the beginning of this Mishnah. Is it true that any time the Chachamim are, is it true that any time that the Chachamim are, um, are, are going to interrupt between two statements of Rabbi Yudam or any, anybody's statement, that we will no longer say the Eid? We have Eliezer in Sukkah. 
where his opinion was, uh, you know, interrupted by the Chachamim giving their opinion. Rashi. Uh, we're talking about like this. You have a Mishnah in Sukkah. Rabbi Yazir says there are 14 Sudas total that you're obligated to eat in the Sukkah on, over the seven days of the Sukkahs. Chachamim say that there's no, there's no limit. And as many, anytime you want to eat a meal, you have to eat it in the Sukkah. Okay? So that's the first opinion of Rabbi Yudah. I'm sorry, of Rebbe Eliezer. And, and then what else does Rebbe Eliezer say? He also says if someone did not yet eat the meal in the sukkah on the first night, then he has to make up for that on the last night of sukkah. He has to make up for that meal. Okay, so we have Rebbe Eliezer saying initially 14 meals total. And if you only, if you skip the first night meal, then you have to make up for it on the last night with the additional meal, right? You have to get the 14 total and you have to make up for it. But it's split in half by the Chachamim coming in between and saying there is no limitation on, on how many meals, as many meals as you want, you have to eat. Anytime you want to eat a meal, you eat it in the sukkah, okay? So over there, it still says, right? Even though the Chachamim did interject in between the two statements. And it says, over there, it's very different over there. It's sticking to the same topic. In other words, Rabbi Eliezer says his opinion regarding how many meals to eat in the sukkah. The Chachamim come and argue on that opinion. Then Rabbi Eliezer continues with his previously stated opinion and elaborating on that opinion. So over there, it makes sense to say, even though there was an interruption, it still makes sense to say because it is exactly the same topic. If it's not the same topic and it's two separate or somewhat related topics in which there are two different opinions of an individual Tana, you would say, but even if it's not, even without only, sorry, only if there's no interruption. But if even if there is an interruption, if they are exactly the same topic, just with an interruption in between, then indeed you still would say Over here, the Chachamim already starts talking about something completely different. We're talking about a completely different topic now. We're talking about a Egina, a Karpe. So it's not as um, it's not as related. And therefore, if um, if if Rabbi Yehuda statements were, were the Rabbi Huda earlier on Daf Yerches and Rabbi Huda yesterday on Daf Chafes, they're not connected enough to be able to save a'id because the rabbis came and interrupted. Even if it does not have any of these sort of dwelling functionings within it, you're still allowed to move things around in it as long as it does not get greater than a, the, the 4,900 plus Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva's opinion is the same opinion as the, as the Tanakama. Tanakama also said that you're not allowed to carry things. You're, I'm sorry, that you are allowed to carry things in this type of area in a carpet as long as it is not greater than 4,900 plus amos. The difference is, the difference is, the difference is a small, a small thing. What's the small thing? So Rashi. The Rashi says that the, the, the small difference in size between a base society that is greater than a 70 amma by 70 amma. How much is that? Um, so the Tanakama says that even up to a full base of sign, you're permitted to carry and even if it has no dwelling function, you know, a, a dwelling purpose, if it's surrounded by walls. And Kiva says up until 70 and a little, 70 and two thirds of an amma times 70 and two thirds of an amma, but no greater. Now the difference between the two of them is 5,000 ammas to, I mean, I can't think of it offhand, but the 70, and two thirds times seventy and two thirds is somewhere in the you know forty nine hundred and and something. So it's it's not a very large difference, right? You're talking about another ten square amas. That that's the difference between the opinion of the Chachamim and the Yehuda. I'm sorry, and Rabbi Kiva. The Tanya we learned in the Yehuda's There is a small uh, part. Two two are larger. 
than the 70 amas and two-thirds of an amma by 70 amas and two-thirds of an amma by a very small amount. The Chamev didn't give a specific number. The Kamashir, what exactly is it? Kamashir Sosayim, what is that shir? Yechatzar Mishkan. It is derived from the courtyard of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle, the courtyard surrounding the actual oil, the, oil, the, the actual tent. You know, Hanimili, how do we know this? Amr of Yehuda, Amr of This says it says in the Pasuk, Probably no, maybe Truma. So um, you have the Eirach Achater Mei Ba'ama. It is one hundred amas long. So the the width of the of the courtyard is fifty. So it's hundred by fifty. So what you do is like this: you have a calculation of one hundred long by fifty wide. So if you make a calculation of 100 by 50, the, the Gemara is going to say it in a little bit of an interesting way. But I think the way we would do this math, I think it's simpler, but the Gemara presumably has a reason why it's doing it in this fashion. Maybe Gershon understands why. The, the, we would say 100 times 50, what do you end up with? You end up with 5,000 amas, right? So but the Gemara says like this. You split this area into two sections of 50. So you have 150, right? You have the one section that's 50 by 50, and then take the other 50 by... Um, by 50, and you sort of surround it around the other 50, right? So that ends up with being a, a total of um, a total of you know of, of 70 by 70 essentially. I'm sorry, by 100 by 50, right? So the Gemara says, "Hashdi the krab So what's the what's the simple answer? What's the simple understanding of what the pasuk means? I, I don't think I explained that right. I'm looking at Rashi right now. It, what, what, what we're going on is like this. What we're going on is that the pasuk says that the length of the courtyard is 100 amas, and the width is 50 by 50. What does it say 50 by 50? What's that coming to teach us? So what the Gemara is saying is that what the Torah is trying to teach us in an asmachta, right, in a hint, that there is a concept of a base sasayim. And the concept of a base sasayim is, is uh, 5,000 square amas. How do we know? Because that's what the Torah is hinting to by giving us this interesting way of describing the measurements of the courtyard around the Mishkan, right? The reason why I say asmachta, that this is a rabbinic hint and not a Torah level hint, is because this is not a this is not a Torah level prohibition to surround this area, so it cannot be a Torah level actual drasha like a real Torah law. It's more of a rabbinic law. What they hint from the Torah, which the Gemara's response is Pashti the Kra the Siv. What's the simple understanding of the pasuk, right? Because it, it, what what exactly is the pasuk trying to teach us about the, the Mishkan courtyard that we're using this lush, this language of Chamishim bechamishim? I'm Rabbiya. How many Mishkan al spas chamishim? chamishim So. What you should do is you should put the Mishkan, the courtyard is 50, is 100 amas total. You put the, you start the, the Mishkan 50 amas into it. So now the Mishkan is 30 amas long, right? And 20 amas wide. So what do you end up with? So you end up with um, 50 by 50 in front of it, and then 20 amas on all sides of it on the second half of the 50 amas. Okay. As it says, if it's longer than its width, it's not allowed to carry in it, even if it does not get larger than a basic sign. But Tanya, but Tanya learned in a It says in a so that if its length is more than twice its width, then even if it is um, even one amma more than two, one amma more than twice as long as it is wide, you're not allowed to carry within it. So over there, in the in the Mishnah, it says as long as it's any bit longer at all, if it's not perfectly squared. But in the Rais, it says that as long as it is more than uh, you know, a two-to-one ratio, then it's a problem. When our Mishnah taught us this halacha, 
Really, what we meant is that it's more than twice of its worth of an issue. If so, that's exactly the statement of Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi came to argue on Rabbi Yaisi and said that it could be even two times the length. The difference between them is the, the squareness of the Chachamim. Let me see Rashi. Remember this being a little bit of a complicated calculation. I did not go to the Shalim school, so I might not be able to work this out so quickly. Um, it's never too late. It's not too late. <laughs> I don't know. The tuition's too steep for me. Um, okay. Let's well, we'll cut you a deal. Don't worry. Thank you. Let's see. Let's Seems like Rabbi is actually more stringent now. Right? So in the Mishnah, as when we read the Mishnah, it seemed like Rabbi is more stringent. Rabbi Yezir said it cannot be in even a, an inch longer than it is wide. Oh, sorry. That, that actually was... was that, I think? Yeah, that was Rabbi Yezir. So it's funny. Rabbi opinion in the Mishnah was that as long as it is as long as it is even a, an inch longer than it's wide, it's an issue. Rabbi Yassi says it can go up to two. So now what we're saying is Rabbi Yassi is actually more lenient. And when Rabbi Yassi was saying the halacha, he was saying that even the chakila, you can make it up until, up until two, up until two times the length. Whereas Rabbi Yassi was saying that the chakila, you really should make it exactly a square. And he's saying that, but yeah, but if you didn't, you could go up to two times. Okay. Actually, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. If, this, if this space, is actually enclosed by a fence that's greater than 10 fucking. I mean, like a real fence. Would that make any difference? No, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, so, so it's a little bit confusing. And, and I remember this being confusing when I did it in Shiva also, because previously we were talking about the basis science measurement, and we were talking about the machana when there's an encampment that actually has real, I mean, not real, but the fake type of fence, the, the one that the unidirectional fence, right? Either only horizontal, only vertical. And that mm -hmm. was talking about where people were actually using it for dwelling places, right? But, but, the, but now all of a sudden it changes because now we're talking about a completely different topic. Now we're talking about a legitimate fence. It's not a machina. It's not, you know, an encampment in, in the caravan. It's a real fence. It's a real permanent fence. The issue is this other idea that, that, um, that it, since it is an area that's not used for living functioning, so this is not something that the rabbis were lenient on. But yeah, it, it is. So is this just like a set? Because like if you talk, talk about a garden, it's like something somebody has in the back of their house or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so a, a flat, we'll, we'll see. The Gemara is about to discuss that. Like if it's like a, oh, okay. a pleasure garden, you know, a topiary or even a regular orchard, that's very different. What we're talking about over here is like um, an actual like uh, a vegetable garden. Right? So if you have a wheat field, and that you enclose that wheat field with a, with a fence because of the deer or something, that's still not going to be classified as a private domain. Because it's something oh. that people never, you never spend time in that area unless you're doing the purposes of harvesting or plowing or something. So, in other or words, this, basically, the limiting factor here is not necessarily the size, 
by itself, but the size combined with the fact that it's not used for normal dwelling purposes. Is that precisely? Precisely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the AC seems to stay in the Mishnah. They can go up until two, two, uh, twice the length of the width. Itmar, it was stated. Amar of Yesaf, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. Yesaf said the name of Yehuda in the name of Shmuel. Allah Kerb Yesi, Allah Kapal's like Rabbi Yesi, they go up until two times the length. Rabbi Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Allah Kerb Kiva. And they say Allah is like Rabbi Kiva, right? Now, what was Rabbi Kiva? Rabbi Kiva did not argue directly on Rabbi Yesi. Rabbi Kiva was of the opinion that you do not need to have a scenario where you have an explicit dwelling purpose within that area, right? Unless it is greater than 70 and two-thirds by 70 and two-thirds. But if it's less than that, then you're okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, if it is 70 and two-thirds by 70 and two-thirds or less, even without a specific function, uh, you know, dwelling purpose function within, you're still okay. But Tavaya both of these halachas are going to be a, a more lenient opinion. But Tricha, we need both. If I were to say halachas like Rebiyasi, I might have thought that RBAC says you can go up until two times the length, sticking to a measurement of under 5,000 amas with that two times the length. That's only true if you actually have this uh, real functioning purpose within it, right? Of, of you know, a watchman's hut or a, a base dira or an actual uh, house within it. So then we said, even in a case where Rebbe Kiva's opinion was stated. Even every Kiva would agree that if it is very long and narrow, that it is not permitted unless it actually has a dwelling place within it. But the two halachas together, and what we end up with is that as long as it is less than 5,000 square amas, or literally 4,910, uh, a little bit less than that, um, then, then, then you are okay then you are okay, even if it is long and narrow, and even if it does not have a dwelling function to it. Let's say you have a carpet that was already, you have a carpet. In other words, you have a storage area. It was greater than two saws worth of measurement. So it's greater than 5,000 square amas. It was hukaf lidira. It was, the fence was put up for the sake of using the interior of this enclosure for dira purposes, for dwelling purposes. Nizra rubai. Then after that fence was put up, you know what happened? You then planted seeds in more than half of that area. It becomes an area that is like a garden, and therefore it is forbidden to carry in that area, even though it was fenced in. Not the rubai. Let's say you planted trees in the majority of this area. like the courtyard, and it is permitted to carry within that area. Nizra rubai. Let's say the most of it was planted as seeds, right, for vegetables. This only is true that the area that you sowed with seeds was not rubai of a two-sa area, but rather it was rubai of the area and it was two-sa that you actually sowed. More than two-sa, right? So if, let's say, one second. Just, I want to make sure that I'm right about this. Rashi. No, I thought that I'm sure was talking about. I thought he was talking about uh, the place itself is greater than the basis sign. If you sowed the greater of it, even if it's greater than basis sign, you still are able to use it. No. Well, it, if it if the place itself, that's what I thought initially. One second, this is where is the Rubik is the Rainim. Bustle, Tatal, Afashin, and Israel. 
Right? The Rashi just explains that the difference between um, seeds that are planted for vegetables and, and trees is that when you have trees, people go for promenade, right? They go there, they like to hang out underneath the shade of the trees. So that's considered a regular dwelling place. Right? But if you have something that's just uh, vegetables, nobody goes there unless it's for the sake of the vegetables. Okay. So the Rashi continues. Rashi says that the space has vegetables that are greater than two saws worth of vegetable. Then it becomes the carpet, right? Yeah. But if it's a society, if it is, if it is exactly, in other words, not in terms of the total area, but if the base, if the amount of places that were sown with seeds is exactly um, two saw, right? I'm sorry, if it's more than two saw that is sown, then it's an issue. If it's exactly two saw that is sown, even if the area is greater than two saw, it's still okay. 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 Mm -hmm. um, Kiman, whose opinion is like this, is like Rabbi Shimon's opinion. If it's not, both the rooftops, the chateres, and courtyards, and karfifos, right? These um, um, plural of karfifos, karfifos. They're all considered to be one, um, one domain for the vessels that were there already before Shabbos, right? So if let's say you have a courtyard in which you didn't make an Erev, but there was a vessel that was sitting in the courtyard when Shabbos came in, then even without an Erev, Right, I don't mean without a wall around it. I mean without making an Erev that the, they brought together their food, which we will see later in Mosefer. We'll go through that more at length. So even without that Erev, if the, if the item was there in the courtyard before Shabbos began, you're allowed to carry it around the courtyard. However, but if you have items that were sitting inside your house before Shabbos began, and then you have a courtyard outside, then you're not allowed to take the item from the courtyard into the house unless you had an Erev. Sorry, from the house to the courtyard, unless you had a neighbor. So the Gemara thinks to say, why is, what does this have to do with Rabbi Shimon? Um, oh, because Rabbi Shimon puts a karfeif into, into the area. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon includes karfeif together with these other items. So Rabbi Shimon Nami, but maybe you could say, even according to Rabbi Shimon, even the Nizar Rubai, once the majority of this karfeif was, was sown with seeds, then the, the minor part of it that is not sown with seeds, it's like this. It's what the Gemara is trying to establish is like this. Rabbi Shimon is of the opinion that in theory you could carry within a carpet as long as the item was there before Shabbos. Now, how could you carry within a carpet if the item was there before Shabbos? It must be that the carpet was less than, uh, you know, two sasayim, right? Two sa, right? Two sa, literally. So then the Gemara says, no, maybe even according to Rabbi Shimon, this makes sense. How does it make sense? Because even Rav Shimon would say that if the majority of the carpet was sown with seeds and the, one second, oh, wow. Oh, one second. Gershon, I think this is what you were saying earlier now. I think Gemara is actually changing in its opinion now. And the Gemara is saying like this, that if you have a scenario where the entire court, the entire carpet is, let's say, um, the entire carpet is, let me just look at the bottom Rashi. The entire carpet is, is let's say two and a half saw, two and a half base asayim, and one and a half base, one and a half base saw are, are sown with seeds. So what we're going to now define this is, is that, is that um, since the majority of that courtyard was sown with seeds, then we're going to redefine that entire courtyard as being a courtyard that is uh, a Gina courtyard, it is a garden type courtyard. And therefore, it's going to be redefined as a carpet, even though it is not a full two-beisah, 
that is sown with seeds, right? Doesn't make a difference. Yeah. As long as the total area is Tusa, this is what I think what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Um, that means that even if initially it was, it was what we call a, the, the walls were put up for the sake of, it was Gadron Ladira, the walls were put up for the sake of a dwelling purpose. Then later on, it was planted with seeds. That changes the definition to no longer be an, an area that is enclosed for dwelling purposes, rather it's an area that is enclosed for a garden, in which case, a, a vegetable garden, in which case you're not allowed to carry in it. Let's go a tiny bit further. So rather the, the statement was made, it has to be like this. That as long as the, if, if, only, if only part of the courtyard was actually sown, is le, not the courtyard, the, the carfe was sown with seeds, is the, the minority part of it and not the primary part of it, then it is permitted to carry within that area enclosed. Um, that's true that the minority does not, does not um, invalidate the entire carfef area, does not redefine it as a gina if it's only the minority that was planted with seeds. That is only true. That is only true if the part of it that was planted is not two besa. But if two besa were planted with seeds, then it becomes asr, even though it is still the minority of the enclosed area, like the opinion of the Chacham. So just, I think that's the way it's saying those pictures probably make it a lot easier, but just speak it out quickly. So what we're talking about over here is the, the ultimate opinion that we're saying is that let's say you have a, an area that is normally used for dwelling purposes, and then you start planting it with seeds. You can actually redefine that area as a gina, which will then make it inapplicable to use the walls to carry in that area. Now, the question is how much area has to be sown with seeds? Well, the answer is, it has to be, it has to be, um, it has to be two sa worth of area that is sown with seeds. Right? If it's not two sa, it's not going to do anything. And even when it is two sa worth of area, it also has to be, it also has to be. Um, one second, I'm sorry. It has to be two sa worth of seeds that will then render it not permitted to carry in that area. Now, if it's two sa worth of seeds, it's not permitted to carry even in the minority part that is not sown either. One, we're now going to redefine the entire enclosed area as an area that is enclosed for a, a uh, gina purposes. But if, let's say, it's two saw worth of seeds, but the majority of the area is actually dwelling purposes, you wouldn't be allowed to carry within the two saw, but the rest of it you'd be allowed to carry in, right? Or if it is less than two saw worth of seeds, but it is the majority, you also would not be allowed to carry in that area. So it happens to be Allah Maista, this question does come up. Like, there are places where this question would come up. Um, so let's say, like, thinking about a golf course, right? But a golf course, let's say it has a wall around it because it has the Arif around the entire area. Like for example, I think our Arif goes to the middle of the Stanford golf course. Things like mm -hmm. part of the Stanford, um, part of the Stanford golf course, uh, like rivers end up being our, our embankment or, or our walls. So a golf course presumably is considered a dwelling area, right? A place that is set up for people to hang out in, right? Even though maybe you're not gonna find that as dwelling, right? But that's enough already, right? as long as it's a place that people hang out in. So um, like Central Park, it's a dwelling place, right? But let's say you have like a woods and nobody ever hangs out in those woods, right? At all. So that could be an issue then. And that, and that could actually invalidate, as we're seeing right here, that can invalidate an entire A-roof, right? Even if it's the minority. But if it's in an A-roof, then included within that A-roof is a carpet, that is a legitimate carpet, that can invalidate the whole A-roof. So what people will do is when they're building that big A-roof, if we had a scenario like that, let's say we don't have that in Palo Alto, but if there was a, a forest that, you know, a very, very thick forest that nobody could go into, um, you know, whatever type of forest, or if there was a, um, a farm right in the middle of Palo Alto within our Arab, what we would do is we would build an Arab around that. So you would actually separate that from the rest of the area. 
right? So if you had, let's say, if my house is, is, a, is a carpe, for example, so around my house, we would build a tourist tapestas all around my house, and that would basically be saying that my house is separated from the rest of the Eruv, and therefore it would not invalidate the Eruv, which is no longer considered to be enclosing the area that has the, the Gina, the Gina separate, the area that has no law.